Hi everyone and welcome to the latest episode of the Yellow Card. Before we go into this week's episode, I'd like to thank all of you all once again for all the love you all have shown to Devain and I and we have recently launched an Instagram account called the Yellow Card underscore by Chirag in the Pain. We would love for all of you all to tune in and follow us. Hi the Pain, how are you? What are your thoughts on this past week matches? And what are your thoughts, first of all, with Arsenal, who are looking good again? What's up, Chirag? Good week for Arsenal, for sure. And it's the kind of thing that has been happening with them quite often now. But the fresh change was that very attacking side, very attacking performance, a lot of creativity, a lot of fluidity, and Obama Yang scoring a hat-trick. So, a lot of positives that way. But yeah, I'm still not getting my hopes up too high, because un- until and unless they put in a string of good performances. I think Arteta and Arsenal are still quite off the pace. Absolutely. And despite it being such a strong performance, the pain, they really, really played well in the first half and were good value until 4-0. But what happened after that is, again, the, the game I felt became way too open and they allowed less... Uh, sorry, they allowed Leeds back in the game and there were two good goals scored by Leeds actually in a very, very open second half which could have actually seen them score even more. So, it would have been, while it didn't go there, it could have actually ended up being more of same old, same old of Arsenal, where they have that tendency to switch off every now and then. So, I agree with you. If I were you, I wouldn't get my hopes up based on their performances. Although, I have to say, it was a splendid first-half performance from them. Yeah, definitely have to agree. And Obama coming to life uh, after such a long gap uh, is actually a good sign also. So, there, there's definitely positives, but yeah, we'll wait and watch how long this continues or if this can be repeated against, you know, more stronger defensive sides. Absolutely. In other news, I think Wolves, Wolves. beat Southampton and Burnley beat Palace. That's what actually happened. I, I think it was a good victory for Wolves against Southampton. Even though they've got in Mina Mino, it didn't really, uh, you know, do too, too much good for them in this performance. And... Uh, Wolves looking to come back and and go higher up in the table. They've struggled in recent times, and it just goes to show that they were so dependent on on Raúl Jiménez, and and it's been so bad ever since his injury. Wolves have just slumped, but hopefully now they can they can you know take a lot of positives out of this victory and look to climb up the table again. As the same that can be said for Burnley because Sean Dyche's side, I I believe it's a three nil victory against Palace. Look good value for that three nil. And again, from having a very, very bad start to the season and, and, and you know, uh, people thinking that maybe they're going to be drawn into the relegation battle, I think now you can safely say that they're pretty much out of it and pretty much safe. Yeah, definitely. That's a good, that was a good victory for Burnley. But uh, I think Palace have been really, really struggling. So, they've been, they've been struggling similarly to how Wolves have been struggling without him and as they've been struggling without Zaha. And uh, so, they've not really put in any sort of challenge to any opposition right now. And Burnley took full advantage of it and convincing 3-0 victory for them. Wolves and, South- Wolves and Southampton actually looked like a game of two halves. The first half controlled by Southampton, they were 1-0 ahead and then... Wolves came back in the second half very strongly and that goal from Neto was it was quite something. It was 
purely solo goal full of skill and is completely fantastic individual goal that but southampton after that initial start that they had they were in a very good place and last i think five or six games they've just had a very very horrible run oh absolutely agreed i i'm hoping that i think westergaard's come back for them so i'm hoping that he had a very strong impact defensively but even because of his height even in the in the attacking third especially of set pieces like corners so let's hope that uh, they do find the form which they had at the start of the season and they can eventually get themselves up because it's going to be interesting the top of the table looks concise it looks tight and it's going to be nothing like we've seen in the recent past so it's going to be interesting and so i definitely hope that the saints can get back up there another interesting draw i suppose was brighton and aston villa and when i say interesting draw because at the end of the day it's again uh, another team that looked to be doing so well and was in the top 6 of the table table and now again drawing against brighton though i have to say brighton coming off quite a few good results yeah and this one i actually if you see aston villa has been kind of uh, blowing hot and cold a little bit and i know our notes say that brighton hold the villains to a draw but it was actually aston villa that really held on for a draw and martinez who really kept them in the game there he had i think 9 or 10 saves in that match and that's just fantastic for a keeper in one match absolutely and he's again proving his worth to aston villa what a what a wonderful piece of business that was over the summer from the villains and martinez proving his worth like i said and also proving the fact that he actually it was a completely justified and a completely good move to see him move away from arsenal and take over as the aston villa number 1 yeah absolutely and he's doing really well i think aston villa still have a lot in them and they can really do much better than they can get a little bit more consistent than they have been so far absolutely and we can now move on to the business end of the table the actual top half let's first talk about manchester united who again once again have faltered it's a draw they didn't lose but it's 1-1 against west brom so i don't think that allardyce is actually going to be able to do much about keeping them in the league but they've actually had a few good draws because they've drawn against liverpool they've drawn against city and now they've drawn against manchester united so uh, it, it's not exactly curtains for west brom but yes i definitely don't see them coming back from this and on the flip side the pain i actually heard ole in an interview saying while he didn't openly admit he's part of the title race he said we won't let them get away that easily and i have one question i still think that if you include the game in hand for city united are 10 points behind city already how are you not letting them get away that's my question to ole well then maybe he's not counting the game in hand so this is 7 points away as of now <laughs> but yeah as we've been saying about manchester united that their inconsistency keeps on continuing i think they're consistent with their in- inconsistency so they put out fantastic performances like the 9-0 against southampton or the 6-2 against leeds and then right the next match they really struggled to find a way through the defense of west brom i think because i saw a lot large parts of the game everyone from manchester united including harry maguire was at the edge of the penalty box of west brom but they just played around that penalty box and couldn't get through so that really they really struggled there of course they uh, west brom put all of their men also in that so it was a very narrow piece of the pitch that the game was being played on most of the time absolutely and it's really sad because i think it's one of the few times that he started cavani rashford and i think he started martial as well if i'm not mistaken so 
that that was the frenzy that probably I would have loved to see, and then it it ended up being a sullen draw, unfortunately. So that's that. Not much else to say about Manchester United. Now to the blue half of Manchester, where all is well. The blue flag is flying high. Pep Guardiola can literally do no wrong right now. They continue to keep on winning. Gundogan with another couple of goals. Wow, this man is in form. What do you think about City? Well, I think uh, City are absolutely on another level right now. They they've been just they've easily put daylight between them and the rest of the league. So last season the criticism of Guardiola was that he doesn't coach the defensive side of the game. He doesn't make people defend, and you know the defense is always weak. He doesn't like to focus on that. Then he this starting of this. Season, he got the defense right with the addition of Ruben Diaz, and the defense was very solid, very stable. Then people were saying, you know what? Now they're defending, but they're not scoring as many goals. And now they have four goals against Liverpool, three against Tottenham, and suddenly it's a free-flowing machine. I think the only thing left to say about them is that they are still struggling with their penalties. Absolutely, but Rodrigo came and scored a penalty this time. He so, was lucky, though. He was lucky. Either ways, it went in. <laughs> so I think Guardiola is going to be, you know, breathing a sigh of relief over there. As long as the ball went in, that's what counts. And from a defensive perspective, I'd like to point out that I think Ruben Dias was injured and therefore did not play. So it was Laporta and Stones at the heart of the defense. And it was still 3-0, so they still came out with a clean sheet. So, that just shows the kind of work that Guardiola is doing on the training ground. Because even without the addition of Ruben Dias, they got a clean sheet. And that too, against a good Spurs side with both Son and Kane over there. Yeah, but I think both Son and Kane were largely ineffective in that game. And I think no one from Tottenham really knew what to do with the ball once they got it back from City. Except for Kane, maybe. So, once they fought, they... I think they fought really hard to get the ball back, but once they got the ball back, they just ended up giving away, giving it straight back to Manchester City. And uh, I don't think uh, the defense or the goalkeeper were troubled much, apart from that one free kick from uh, Harry Kane and that one small moment of magic from Gareth Bale, where he dribbled past three defenders and took a shot on goal. The pain is counted as a moment of magic if he scores. <laughs> true. That's right true. now, it's Bale. <laughs> Doing too little too late to save himself from having a last season at Real Madrid. <laughs> Anyways, but I don't think we can move past this game until we talk about Edison and the assist that he provided. And Gundogan and the goal-scoring form that he's, he's been showing of late. Absolutely. I, I have nothing to say in terms of Gundogan. I'm absolutely speechless. This man has stepped up. No Kevin De Bruyne. No, number, no proper number nine. And he has actually scored, I think, the most goals in the year 2021, better than any striker across the Premier League. And you're talking about someone that's generally a defensive midfielder, probably playing a little higher up the field now that Kevin De Bruyne is injured. So, super, super performance from Gundogan. I, I really can't speak highly enough of this man. He's really, really good. And... Everybody knew he's obviously always been very talented, but he's showing it at the top half of the pitch when his team needed it the most. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. I don't think I can add much to that uh, about Gundogan. 
he's been absolutely phenomenal and uh, i don't know if you saw the ederson assist but ederson wanted to be invo- as involved in the game as ever he wanted to take the penalty uh, rodrigo did take it though and uh, <laughs> i think pep guardiola after the this after the match also mentioned that you know rodrigo really got lucky with that because it act- literally went off loris's palm into the goal so uh, but ederson always wanted to be involved so he pro- provided an assist I was just wondering that if he would have taken that penalty he would have a assist a goal and a clean sheet all in one game is that kind of a game that he would have had that would have truly been amazing and it remains to be seen because considering that rodrigo got lucky i think the time is coming the time is very very near for edison to step up and take that penalty yeah absolutely chirag let's let's now move on to the match that you've been most waiting to talk about we called the title last weekend and i think liverpool has uh, and the manager jurgen klopp has also called the title for or given up on the title from there end now yeah so let me begin by saying i have no words because uh, it's not like i'm looking forward to speak about this i'm probably dreading to speak about this it 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 it, it was my worst nightmare that game yes we played well in parts and jurgen klopp has to say that and yes we called the title race last weekend or last week when in our podcast and jurgen klopp has actually conceded the title uh, this past weekend uh, after the defeat to leicester and while we may have called it it is uh, absolutely disheartening to see that we're literally 13 points away from the top of the table there is truthfully no chance that we have to win the league in fact i'm a little worried about where we stand going into the what last 15 odd games I'm not very sure that we can actually sustain being in the top 4 based on our performances because it looked like we're going to have a 1-0 victory and all of a sudden I think what 6 minutes and 3 goals from Leicester moment of madness again from Allison and I would blame Allison more for this than Kabak because I don't know what he was thinking he really should have called if he's going to go over out of the actual area to actually kick that ball to clear it he missed it kabak got it there was so much confusion i really don't have anything to say from a positive side for liverpool and jurgen klopp can say as much as he wants that there were a lot of positives but the fact is liverpool aren't playing one third as good good in the top third of the pitch they're not convincing in in defense and certainly we have problems in central midfield given that henderson and fabinho are obviously playing in defense and of course fabinho injured again Kabak started which is great because we need to have him in defense now that's exactly why we we uh, taken him on loan but honestly I, it's sad that I don't really have positives coming out of the, this game because I actually was hoping that we could pull it 1-0 against Leicester and we would have a chance but all credit definitely to Brendan Rodgers actually stuck it out at 1-0 hung in there and then literally three goals in the span of 6 minutes and they turn the game around turn the game on you know it, it's just amazing to see and as a liverpool fan in spite of me talking so much literally the word i would like to use is i'm speechless i'm astounded <laughs> i do not understand what is going on there have been rumors of klopp quitting and taking a break and certainly i don't want jurgen klopp to walk away from this situation i think he said it's a challenge and it is he needs to bounce back we need to definitely show faith in our manager and faith in our team having said that So as a fan I 100% believe that this is going to happen and we can turn it around as a neutral I would say I'm appalled at the season that Liverpool are happening 
are having and i don't i don't see it getting better i don't know if it'll get better or no but we're recording this on a monday and uh, before we even upload this i think liverpool could be down to 6th if chelsea and west ham win their matches so definitely worrying signs but i thought they played i i i thought they played quite well up until leicester scored that first goal after that i don't know what happened and it kind of was like an implosion in a sense that you know they just after that first goal there was a addison made a mistake it led to the second goal and then uh, i don't think even liverpool had any chance of scoring a goal after that it's just that 6 minutes uh, really defined the game but overall i thought they still did well but leicester now looking uh, strong after that result and uh, they're trying to make sure that they stay in that top 4 i think absolutely leicester really stand a good chance to stay in the top 4 that's for sure and it's going to be really interesting because united again it was a draw leicester got that victory spurs got the loss against city city obviously running away with it it's going to be interesting because thomas tuchel and his chelsea side i think are still undefeated and it gets it keeps getting better and better for them and they're getting helped out by these other teams and literally from nowhere you know you could actually see them very clearly in one of those champions league spots soon so fingers crossed that it actually happens i want some of my predictions of the top 4 to <laughs> to actually end up right liverpool i don't know whether they're going to make make it up there jose mourinho i'll be surprised if the way things are going he's still at at spurs past the season because there's a lot of money that he has you know spent on behalf of spurs on behalf of the chairman and the management daniel levy has shown immense trust in this man and uh, it's really going to help from a tottingham perspective in, in my view so it's going to be interesting to see what happens and which managers will actually survive the end of this season because klopp yes definitely i think we need to trust him because he's been there done that and turned it around for liverpool but no question about it there will be pressure mounting on him jose mourinho i think appalling appalling it's some bad football some bad results so you can discount the bad football if you get good results you can't do that right now because the football is not entertaining and the results are just horrible other than that i'm not really sure which other managers are under that kind of pressure right now arsenal keep on floundering in and out but i think the pressure is definitely released of arteta in the recent games and uh, city are flying high so there's no question thomas tuchel looks very strong after just having come in there so i don't see anyone else being too worried about their managers at the, at this point in time but if i was jose i would probably be very scared because i think the cop will support klopp and there won't be a problem but if i was jose i don't think daniel levy will have that kind of patience after splashing out the cash and getting rid of pochettino who he had a good relationship with yeah and the problem with tottenham and i mean daniel levy and jose mourinho situation is that the first one and a half years of jose mourinho probably the best one and a half years uh, of his at any club so if during that time is not going well you can't really be very hopeful of the time coming forward i agree i still wouldn't write him off he's one of the best coaches in the world and he's proved himself time and time again at every club he's gone to so i wouldn't write him off just yet but it's definitely not looking good to me And on that note, Dipen, thank you. We can call it a night. Thanks everyone for tuning in. Remember to follow us on Instagram on at the yellow card underscore chit by Chirag and Dipen. We love you all. Thanks a lot. See you on the other side. Cheers. Cheers. Bye.